If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 28. Or if you're using your phone, whatever you're using to read the Word of God this morning. 1 Chronicles chapter 28. Verse 20. I want to read a verse here of... This is King David talking to his son Solomon. And he says this to his son. He says, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord my God is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day that you have made. Lord, we are so blessed to be in your presence, to give you praise and worship, for this is what we were created to do in the first place. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for the, Lord, the, your grace and for your mercy that is upon us. And Father, we pray this morning, Lord God, as we recognize those lives that have been sacrificially given. Lord, as for our freedom, Lord, that you would bring comfort upon their families, that you would bring peace, Lord, for those children that have lost mothers and fathers while serving their country. Lord, you are their father. Lord, you are also their mother, Lord. Whatever they need, you are. And Father, we pray right now that you would guide them, protect them, Lord. Help them, Lord God, to develop a relationship with you and to know your goodness and to know your forgiveness and your love and your great plan for your children. Father, we thank you. Lord, for the example has been shown through Jesus Christ dying for our sins. The greatest gift. Lord, help us to never, ever forget. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen and Amen. I titled this message this morning, Legacy of Bravery. Legacy of Bravery. And we see David talking to his son. And I could just picture him. I could picture him, you know, maybe his arm around his son. And saying, son, be strong. Be courageous. Don't worry about failure because God is fighting your battles. And he says, son, look. As, he, as, he, as David says in the book of Psalm 2, he says, he says, I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And I can picture him telling his son and saying, son, don't give up. Don't give up. I know times get tough. And I can picture him bringing up his past and probably saying, son, look, I've made some bad choices in life. I've made some bad decisions that I'm not proud of. But the best decision that I've ever made was to serve God. And guess what? 
He forgives. Even though I've done all this wrong, He forgives. I've done things that people shouldn't even be forgiven for. Can you picture him? Can you picture David and the son having this discussion? And David says, yet here I am. Yet here I am with the opportunity today to speak these words of life to you. As a legacy that this would go on and that you would tell your children what I'm telling you today, that God is real, that God is faithful, and that God loves you, and that God has a plan for your life. What a beautiful thing. I remember growing up and, you know, many... You know, dad, dads always impart, right? Don't be afraid, don't they? Don't be afraid. You need a, you need a man up. <laughs> I remember one of my dad's famous sayings was, is it bigger than you? You know, he was referring to like, you know, you know spiders and things like that, you know, if I, if I had to kill a spider. You know, is he bigger than you? No, he's not bigger than me, but you know, those bites, you know, aren't too friendly. And I remember hearing, hearing things like, uh, are, you a, are you a man or a mouse? <laughs> I remember one time, my younger girl cousin, she had to have been maybe three, four, or five years old maybe, and someone had asked her that question. They, 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 said, they said, are you a man or a mouse? She said, my papa's a mouse. <laughs> I don't know what, her, what led her to believe that her dad was a mouse, but that's, that's the conclusion she, that's the answer she gave. But I think of, of, these, of these examples in our lives, and I'm sure you have yours too, where someone was teaching you to not fear, right? You don't, you don't want your kids afraid of the dark, right? You don't want them thinking that there's a boogeyman in the room. And so what do you do? You know, you carry your gun in the room, right? And you're like, if he comes out, I'm getting him, right? <laughs> you don't want them living in fear. I remember when I was a kid and we had went to this cave. It was like a tour that we had that went to. I don't know how young I was, but I was pretty young. And we had a tour guide and guiding us through this cave, and there was a lot of people there. And I remember getting into this big part of the cave, and, and, and it was a huge group. And he was giving us the whole rundown of, of what it took, you know, to, to get this cave into the condition that it's in today. You know, getting all these lights and whatnot, and, you know, to be able, for it to be able to be something that is a, a tourism attraction. And so we're all in this spot, and... He says, all right, I'm going to turn the lights off and we're going to see how it was maybe for those back in the day that were, you know, maybe were working in this cave or things of that nature. And so he flips the lights off and all you hear is screaming. Every, you know, all the kids are screaming, right? You know, even, even some of the men, you know, you hear the men screaming too. I'm sure, I'm sure I, was, I, I was a part of that as well. 
And I remember you, you couldn't even see your hand in front of your face. It was so dark. But, you know, it's, it's, it's comforting to, you know, maybe, you know, as a kid, uh, to hold your parents' hand in, during that time, right? Isn't that comforting? Because if you're a kid and, and you know, you, you hit the lights off in, an area, in a place like that, you don't know what's going on. You don't know if those lights are going to come back on. You know, they could have a power failure. And, you know, those lights won't come on. Then what are you going to do? But whenever a kid gets to hold their parent's hand or that parent talks to them and says, everything's going to be all right, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I haven't left you. This wasn't our opportunity to just leave you in the cave and say, all right, we're free. We're, we're leaving with you as well. <laughs> it's comfort. It's comfort in our lives, and this is what God does for us. It's exactly what he does for us, because how many know that there's times in our lives when we get scared even as adults? Where we face, we face uh, situations uh, uh, that maybe that may cause fear in our lives. And yes, we're adults, and yes, we're grown up, but there's things that we still don't like to do that we're afraid of. Maybe it's fear of the unknown. Not knowing what's going to happen if you do this. Maybe it's fear of failure. You don't want to let so-and-so down. Many things that we can honestly say that if we're challenged to do, we can be afraid. And God is so faithful and he is so loving and he says, I'm still holding your hand. There's no need to fear. I'm still holding your hand. I'm still talking to you. Don't you hear my voice? I'm with you. I read a story of a man that was in his home and looking out the window, uh, there was a nearby storm drain in which he saw a young girl who had fallen into that, into that, 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 that body of water and was going down that, that drain, about to hit that part where, where you won't see her again. And so he saw her from the window in his home, and he ran out of his home and, and jumped into that body of water, was able to grab the young girl and, and, and hold on to something else at the same time until help arrived, and he was able to get her out of the water. They gave this man a, a U.S. Coast Guard life-saving silver medal, for his, for his heroism and his bravery. See, but was, what was so interesting about this story is that the man who saved the young girl didn't even know how to swim. See, it's in those times that we are afraid that we are called to action, isn't it? God calls you to action. Why? Because he doesn't want you living in fear. Get your mind around that one. You're called to action because God doesn't want you residing in this place. 
And so he says, in order for you to get out of this, this, this fear in your life, I'm going to have to bring you into a place that you may not want to be. I'm calling you out to face your fears. This is what God does. Many times in our, in our lack of understanding, that's, just, that's what he's doing. He's bringing you a place that he doesn't want you to be into a place that he desires for you to be. And how many know that the place to be is always being reliant upon God, isn't it? That's where he wants us. He wants us to give him praise. And so whatever brings him praise is that that's what he's going to allow in our lives, right? Because God forbid we get to a place where we give ourselves praise. You've got to understand how God operates here because it's going to make a lot more sense when you go through things in your life. Someone said courage is doing what you're afraid to do. It says there can be no courage unless you're scared. If you're not afraid to do it, then it doesn't take courage to do it. You with me? But if you're afraid of doing it, then it's going to take some courage for you to move in that situation or to act. See, we're talking about bravery. But was that once again fought for our freedom? Those who, who left their homes of comfort and said, you know what, I'm going to serve my country. Maybe they didn't really know the, the full of, 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 you know, what they were bearing, the full load of what was about to be on their plate. But yet, their mind was, I want to serve. I want to do something. I want my life to mean something. I want to make a change. See, bravery, in spite of the odds being against you. I think of Gideon, how he was so outnumbered. Can you imagine if Gideon said, you know what, this, ain't, this is not going to happen. I'm not doing this. God, you took all of my men. How do you expect me to win this battle? I'm greatly outnumbered. Come on. Throw me something here. Give me a little help. But thank God that Gideon didn't fear. The Bible tells us to fear not. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, fear not. Tell him again, tell him, fear not. See, God doesn't simply command courage with no reason behind it. We serve a great God. And when God says... And when God says, fear not, he always follows it with something that you can be confident in. And what he follows it by is being confident in him. Let me give you some examples this morning. When God calls, when God calms Abraham's fears after his battle with the kings of Sodom, 
the captivity of Lot and his rescue, God speaks to him in Genesis 15.1. And he says this to Abraham. He says, fear not. But then he says this, for I am your shield. So you see, God doesn't, God doesn't just say, man up, and then that's that. No, he says, fear not, because this is what I'm doing for you. See, God always, God always gives us comfort. God always gives us a place that we can, or, or a promise that we can stand on. He doesn't just say, do it, and, you know, good luck. No, he says, fear not, for I am your shield, Abraham. I've been your shield. How about when Hagar was despairing for her life and that of her child in the wilderness? And the angel of the Lord comes to her in Genesis 21, verse 17. And the angel tells her, fear not. He says, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Wow, is that comforting or what? Is that comforting? God's promise to the Israelites in Isaiah 41, 14 says, Fear not, for I am the one who helps you. You need to, you need to tell that to yourself. Self, fear not, for God is helping me. Fear not, for God is helping me. I don't need to live in fear. An angel of the Lord told Zacharias in Luke 1.13, says, fear not, for your prayer has been heard. You see, this is what God does. In every, incident, uh, in every uh, incident where uh, these, these individuals were told to fear not, God always followed it with a reason for them not to fear. We see God commanding courage, not because it's natural for you and I to be courageous. It's not natural for us to be brave, but because God is protecting and guiding us. We could have courage because we are confident in him. Proverbs 3, verse 25 says, Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. Oh. Here is the promise of God's care for you and I. He says it doesn't matter what's taking place to your left or to your right. It doesn't matter what you see the ungodly going through or experiencing in their life. God says, I'm taking care of you. It doesn't matter what's taking place in the world around you. God says, you are covered. You are covered by the blood. You don't live, you don't live according to what you hear on the news. You don't live that way. The world lives that way. The ungodly lives that way, but you don't live that way. You're a child of the Most High. Why are you living like you're a beggar? Why are you living like you're an outsider? 
Isn't it crazy? Can you imagine? Can you imagine, you know, royalty, you know, in, 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 in you know, uh, uh, other countries or, you know, uh, here, you know, the president, you know, their kids, you know, feeling like, like an outsider, feeling like, you know, like, like, like they have to beg for things? That doesn't happen. They're always taken care of. You're children of the Most High, of the King of Kings. How much more, how much more should you and I have that assurance that God has taken care of us. You know, we don't live with our nose lifted high, but we live with our hands lifted high, giving praise to God, amen, because he's worthy. All glory to God. So turn to your neighbor and tell him, you need to throw away fear. Tell him, and you need to take courage. Because that's the second point this morning. Take courage. In 2 Chronicles chapter 15, the Bible talks about when Azariah met with King Asa as the king was returning from battle. And Azariah tells the king in verse 2, he says to King Asa, he says, The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. He says, whenever you seek him, you will find him. He says, but if you abandon him, he will abandon you. See, many, many times we, you know, you know, you know what, this doesn't change the fact that, that God does not forsake us. Let's just get that straight. God does not forsake you and I. In these situations in our lives, you know, we take steps away from God sometimes. And we say, God, I can do this on my own. God, I think I, I think I have a better way of doing this. God, what they're saying is, sounds very interesting. I kind of like it. God, I'm going to do whatever makes me happy. God, but I want to I wanna pursue this, and I want to do that, and I don't, I don't want to do what you want me to do. Why do I have to listen to my leaders? They don't know what they're saying. And we distance ourselves, and we distance ourselves from God. So you see, God isn't forsaking us. We're forsaking him. By the choices that we make, and God allows us to have those choices. Because he says, he says there, there's going to come a point in time where you're going to understand my love for you has never changed. My love for you has never changed. That when, you, that when you make a decision to come back from where you are at, and when you make a decision to stop eating the food of the pigs and to come back to my presence, you're going to understand that I've never stopped loving you. In verse 8, the Bible reads, when, Asa, when King Asa heard this message from Azariah the prophet, he took courage and removed all the, det the detestable idols from the land of Judah and Benjamin and in the towns he had captured, and he repaired the altar of the Lord. The Bible says that he took courage. Say it with me, take courage. I could picture someone grasping for it. Just like you'd take anything else. 
It's a choice that we make. It doesn't fall on your lap. The Bible says you got to take it. you got to take it. If you want it, it's yours, but you have to take it. And I can picture someone taking courage and holding on to courage. I'm not going to let this go. I lived too many years of my life in fear, and I love how it feels to have courage. I love how it feels to get rid of that fear and to take courage. I love it, and I'm not letting it go. We must know who we are in Christ, not who we are, because we don't believe in ourselves. Ourselves will not get us to heaven. (laughs) Our own good is not going to do any good for you. The Bible says it's like filthy rags. But we know that God gives us everything that we need, makes us who we are, and we can never, ever forget who we are in him. I remember when my son, my son Jeremiah was just a little guy. Um, I remember uh, that, that, that song by Three Dog Night where, <laughs> where it says Jeremiah was the bullfrog. Remember that song? <laughs> I <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember um, Jeremiah hearing that song, you know, you know from, from, from people and things like that, you know, when, when they hear his name, and, and, and they would sing that first lyric, and I was, I was guilty of it too. And um, I remember one time, Jer came up to me, and he was, he, was, he was sad. He was like, he was, you know, almost crying. I said, what's wrong, man? And he said, he said, I'm not a bullfrog, I'm a boy. I felt bad. I didn't, I didn't sing it ever since then. <laughs> See, he understood that he wasn't this, that he was actually a boy. Amen? He understood that, that whatever, whatever was being sung or whatever the lyrics said, that wasn't him. He knew who he was. He knew who he was. You see, and we need to know who we are in Christ. Because we know who we are without Christ, and it's a mess. It's a mess. But we need to know who we are in Christ. I could picture Peter when he saw Jesus walking on that water. Peter knew what he was capable of doing. Peter knew that he couldn't walk on water. But when he saw Jesus doing it, and Jesus says, and, and, and Peter says, can I come to you? And Jesus says, come to me. And Peter stepped out of that boat and began to walk on the water. That was who he was in Christ. See, the Peter that took his, that, that took his eyes off of Christ began to sink. That's the Peter everyone else knew. That's the Peter that I'm sure everyone else made fun of afterwards. Look at you, man. You were sinking. You couldn't even walk on water. I bet you I could have did it. God has given us spiritual authority. He has. Look at Luke 10, 19. It says, look, 
Jesus says, I have given you the authority over all the powers of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. He says, but look at this. I like this so much. He says, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. He says, don't rejoice because you have the power to do this. He says, but rejoice in this, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. To me, that sounds like a God who is not boastful. Because a boastful person would say, look at what I did. Look at what I did. I trampled on these serpents, and it was like nothing. Come on, who's next? What you got? Come on, bring it on. I eat chumps like you for breakfast. Right? Isn't that what we do? But God says, don't rejoice in that. I'm not, I'm not a God who, is, who, who, who creates boastful children. He says, instead, you take glory that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That you are my child. Lastly here, bravery paves the way. We know it does. We know that a brave act will cause others to act. Right? You see someone, you see someone being heroic, what do you do? You want to step in too. Let me help. What do you need? What can I do? Now all of a sudden, you step out of your comfort zone because you see someone else that, that, that stepped into action. I'm going to fast forward a little bit from, from where our text was with King David telling his son Solomon. We're going to fast forward about a good 200 years. Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 7. Then King Hezekiah said, he says, be strong and courageous. It's exactly what David said to Solomon. It's exactly what David said to Solomon. They were both kings over Judah. Both kings, just different times. Yet, King Hezekiah is using the exact words of the late King David. He says, be strong and courageous. Don't be frightened or terrified by the king of Assyria or the crowd with him. He says, someone greater is on our side. He said, the king of Assyria has human power on his side, but the Lord our God is on our side to help and fight our battles. And that's exactly what God did. The Bible says that Hezekiah's words greatly encouraged the people. And back to our text in 1 Chronicles 28, 20, David tells Solomon this. He says, God will not fail you. He will not forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. This doesn't mean that God is going to desert them once the, once the work is finished. He's saying God is never going to desert you. He's never going to forsake you. Even after the work is done, he's still going to be there. But he says, 
till the, until the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. And so now we fast forward to King Asa, to King Hezekiah, kings that were working to restore the temple, kings that, that were working to remove all of these, as the Bible says, detestable idols that were trying to overtake the temple of the Lord and, and bring it into a place of ruin. And these kings said, no, this is not going to happen, not on my watch. It's not going to happen. You are not going to, you are not going to, to, to infiltrate and, and, and desiccate uh, the temple of the Lord. It's not going to happen. And just like their bravery and just like their courage, we honor those today for their bravery, for their courage, for their, for their willingness to serve as the worship team comes forward this morning. The courage to face the enemy on the battlefield. The courage to say, I'm willing to do this. Wherever you tell me to go, I will go. God, if we only have that heart in our service to you, in our service to you, Lord, where we can, where we can honestly tell you, Lord, God, call me and I will go. Wherever you lead, I will follow. I will not live in fear. I will not live in fear, but I will live in bravery and I will take courage today. I'm going to take courage. Throwing away that fear, getting rid of it today. Are we brave enough in our lives to be like Peter and say, Lord, if that's you, let me come to you on the water. If that's you, let me walk to you on the water. An impossible task. But he says, Lord, I know that you can make me able. And that was Peter's opportunity to take courage. Do we have the courage a vision that Joshua displayed to remain optimistic despite everyone else's pessimistic attitude. Where he says, where he says, as for me and my house, we are gonna serve the Lord. We're gonna serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what you're doing over here. It doesn't matter what you're doing over here. As for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. We're taking a stand right now for righteousness. Do we have the bravery and vision to have the confidence of Paul? As Paul says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Who? 
Who can wage war against us? For we have God on our side. Just as David said to Solomon, God is on your side, Solomon. Son, he is fighting your battles. Remain strong in Him. Trust in Him. Don't trust in your own understanding. The bravery that has paved the way for those to follow. As every head is bowed, every eye closed.